Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Hi there. Hey guys, Scott Wilson here from the Marketing for Business podcast. Hey, today I've got an exciting episode for you today. Uh, I've got part two of the 12 rules of marketing your business in a recession. In this episode, I'm actually going to give you the second part of my 12 rules, and I'll also have a bonus rule for you as well. And as before, look, these rules are in a checklist type form, uh, because I want to give you some insights. I want to give you some things that you can take away in action. And remember, these are the things I'm sharing are from my experience, my experience of going through the GFC and running a business during that time, um, having a business during the crisis. Christchurch earthquakes and all the difficulties and the challenges that we went through with that. And obviously everyone um, recently has been through the COVID and everything. But hey, look, I've been doing a number of seminars over the last um, two weeks. And I've been asking people how they're going, how they're feeling, you know, talking to consumers, talking to business owners uh, and saying, hey, what's going on in the marketplace? Because we, you know, officially might not be in a recession right now, but, you know, people are really starting to feel the pinch. Uh, I started to notice when I was asking people, how are they feeling? Um, how's business, etc. You know, people are struggling. It's hard out there. It's getting harder. So I want you to go through these rules and I want to take, um, you know, take the information that I'm going to give you today to really help your business. So let's get into it. Uh, rule number seven is think mobile first. Hey, look, whether we go into a recession or not, I know one thing for sure. People are going to hang out and spend a lot of time on their mobile phones. You know, I was speaking at the university the other night, and I noticed uh, while the other lecturer was speaking, uh, there was 40-odd people in the room, and most of them had their mobile phones on their desks. You know, I, I think people are living on their mobile phones these days. So whether we go into a recession or not, it's not really going to stop us from being on our phones. It's not really going to stop us from those habits that we have from being on our phones. So it would make sense. Uh, to target your marketing efforts, your advertising efforts towards these habits. And look, here's the thing, mobile mobile users, and we're mobile users so we can know from our own experiences, we have different behaviors, we have different expectations when it comes to um, marketing the way it shows up versus a desktop. Um, look, mobile users are typically, they're, they're on the go, they have less patience, they expect quick and intuitive um, interfaces, Okay. So you got to understand these behaviors and expectations, you know, they really are crucial to understanding, you know, mobile first marketing strategy. You know, when it, when it comes to like a, a website or an app optimization, you must have a mobile friendly website these days. There's no, it's no longer an option, you know, so I want you to start looking at your, your marketing um, and, and your website, et cetera, from a mobile lens, you know, is it mobile, mobile should be the priority. Okay. Um, that ensuring that your, the, you know, website loads fast, it loads quickly, it provides a really good experience, you know, so you want to go through, if you were looking at my checklist, you want to go through, do I have a responsive design, you know, on mobile, do I need to resize it a bit for mobile is, is, you know, and, and look at it from a couple of different, uh, um, mobile phones too, you know, is the layout, um, seamless when it comes to different devices. You also want to do a bit of a speed test um, when it comes to mobile. You get all this information out of your out of analytics, especially like Google Analytics. Do a speed test. You know, your, your mobile website should be loading within two to three seconds because um, people, that's what they expect. Is the readability, you know, uh, make sure on mobile, 
your readability is is really good without having to zoom in. Um, you know, making sure the buttons you have on your on your mobile form from a navigation perspective, you know, make sure that and the links are all correct and and they're easy to get with a finger touch, etc. Look, if you have an app, you definitely want to make sure your app is intuitive and easy to use, uh, that it that it runs really smoothly and doesn't crash. There's nothing worse than an app that crashes. Uh, compatibility doesn't work on different devices and different operating systems. You know, so you have an app. You've got to make sure these these things are working from a mobile perspective. You know, location-based markings are really, really good one. Mobile devices. Look, most people uh, with mobiles allows you to geotag, you know, and, 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 and attract new customers to your business based on locations, etc. You know, I think every business should have a Google business profile um, that's, you know, really mobile uh, search-driven because a lot of people on their mobile phone, a lot of people are looking for businesses uh, in the areas that, that you could be in and, and you need to show up on uh, Google Business Profile for that. There's a three-pack that you definitely want to be in. Uh, we actually created a 24-page standard operating procedure for setting up a Google Business Profile. Uh, if you'd like a, like a copy of that, reach out to me. I'll give you a copy of our standard operating procedure so you can go through that uh, and help you grow your business. So just reach out to me, uh, scott at getdigitalinfluence.com. I'll give you that. Um, you know, that that's... Um, standard operating procedure for free. When you're looking at your social media, you know, looking at your, you know, how you integrate your your mobile with that, you know, there's so many people obviously now on on their mobile phones, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're on TikTok. So how do you optimize for that? So making sure that your, you know, your content, your content's optimized, but also your advertising. So, you know, some of the things you probably want to check is, you know, ensuring that your content is mobile friendly. You know, use shorter paragraphs, use bullet points, use headers. Uh, make sure your visuals and your videos are optimized for mobile viewing. Um, the, the, especially, you know, like these days, yeah, with mobile formats, you can just get one thing right, uh, one thing and one thing wrong, and, and and the videos don't appear appear that well. So make sure you're checking all that sort of stuff out. Obviously, readability is really key. Um, checking the font size, checking the style, making sure it's easy to read on mobile devices. You know, making sure that your your um, social media profiles are actually uh, optimized and they look good on mobile. You know, I, had, I mentioned in in um, part one. So often these platforms they change. They 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 just all of a sudden they'll change the way that um, things look. So you need to be updating and looking at that. You know how how easy it is to share your content on shop on social media um, using your mobile device. And then engagement, you know, how does how does your um, how does your audience engage with your mobile platform? Look at your analytics. What is it telling you um, about you know your mobile? Personalization is a really big thing when it comes to mobile devices as well. Look, everyone's device is personal to them, right? Uh, and you can take advantage of that when it comes to giving them a better customer experience. You can create personalized messages, offers, and product recommendations. Uh, to do that, we use a really cool piece of software called ManyChat. And I remember going to a conference in 2017 and hearing a speaker talk about how he was using uh, the software to create conversations with people. And he said something really, really interesting. Uh, he said, you know, conversations create conversions. I never forgot it, you know. And then what he was talking about, the more people you can talk to and have a personalized conversation with, the more sales you'll, you'll make. Uh, so we use ManyChat and have been since 2017 to do that. 
Next is, look, mobile payments. Uh, mobile payments, mobile gateways. Uh, more and more people are prepared to pay with their mobile phone now. Um, so you want to make sure um, that that your mobile experience, your checkout on your mobile is really easy to do business with. Um, make sure you're going through and buying from yourself using, um, you know, and experiencing how to purchase through your mobile phone um, because it's, it's such a key key part of it. Next one is email marketing. Hey, when you're looking at mobile design for email marketing, you want to go through the templates. Are they responsive? Do they look good on on your mobile? You test the subject headlines, test the previews, make sure everything is really working when it comes to mobile phone. Same with your SEO, you know, make sure you're optimizing once again for local search. Think maybe when I said about Google business profile, that's one of the things you really should be looking at. Mobile advertising, you know, making sure your ads are responsive. These are the things that you need to go through in your checklist. How you, you know, you can target people specifically using mobiles. You can target specifically people who are traveling. Um, you know, if you're if you're a cafe or another business that deals with tourists, you can target people specifically traveling uh, and targeting them through their mobile. You know, we actually have um, mobile only ads running for people with birthdays, etc., um, that are traveling. And it's, there's the limited options when it comes to mobile phones. And also, you know, analytics. You know, look at your analytics and look at the behavior patterns of people on mobile. You know, I, I remember in the old days, you know, when I first started in the digital marketing uh, world, it was 90% desktop, 10% uh, mobile. Now, the change is easily 70% mobile or higher uh, for some of their clients. It really has been a switch. Understanding, getting to know um, the habits of people that are using uh, mobile phones is really important. And you can get that data for free. Set up Google Analytics. Um, you're really into a winner. Customer support is a, is support is a really big one. Um, you're making sure that your support programs ca- are, are mobile friendly that can ensure like quick response, quick response times. Making sure that you you know, if you are using software, uh, chat software, that they work really well on mobile. Making sure you have your Google um, Business Profile Messenger uh, turned on, so people can get a hold of you really, really quickly. Um, and and you know, look, this is all about giving people a better a better experience. So remember, rule number seven is think mobile first. But here's the thing. Mobile doesn't. Mobile first doesn't mean mobile only. It's a starting point, and, and when you're looking at the design process and everything in mind with your campaigns, you must think mobile first, and then adapt, adapt that for other other platforms. Right. Rule number eight. One of my favorites. Focus on reason why advertising and offer based advertising. Look, reason why, I learned this when I was in the direct response copy world uh, and writing a lot of sales copy for companies. And I learned that you had to be very clear and give consumers a logical reason why they should choose to buy from you and your specific product or services. Service. You must emphasize the benefits of doing business with you, the unique selling proposition of your product and service. You must appeal to the rational side uh, of consumer decision making, you know, in a, in a recession, look, here's the thing: consumers, um, their, their spending uh, overall tends to decrease, right, because they're cautious about the money and the, the economy and the uncertainty. But here's the thing: they still spend money, um, you know. But you have to get really clear on why they should spend money with you and present them with reasons why they should buy from you and offers on why they should buy for you. So here's really two really good questions. Uh, and I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about this is when you're looking at your customers, you need to walk in their shoes. You need to understand how they're feeling. Uh, you need to getting to know what their day's like. You need to know what keeps them awake at night. And here's the thing. I think 
most people, they, they, when they come to be buying from you, they have, they answer a couple of questions. Question number one, you need to answer. You need to, you need to think about this question. Why should I buy from you? I want you to write that down. Why should I buy from you? I want you to write out all the reasons why a customer should buy from you. Okay. And, and get really clear on why they should buy from you. You need to sell yourself sometimes on your product when it comes to, uh, um, you know, understanding why they should buy. And the next question you need to ask is, why should they buy from your competitor? And I want you to write a list about why they should buy from your competitor. And then I want you to go and compare those two lists and have an honest conversation with yourself. Because here's the thing, people have three options. They can buy from you, they can buy from your competitor, or they could do nothing. If they do nothing, well, that's kind of on you as well. If they buy from you, that's fantastic. But if they buy from one of your competitors, it's because you haven't made the list. You haven't gone and seeing what your competitors are doing to understand why they should buy from you. Look, in a marketplace that gets tough, you need to give people reasons why they should buy from you. And look, here's some benefits of, of, of understanding why reason why advertising works. It allows you to clarify your proposition, your value proposition. Look, in a recession or tough times, customers are more price sensitive. They're more discerning with their money. Uh, and reason why advertising can help to really clarify um, and help you clarify the value proposition that you bring to the marketplace. And it emphasizes that you're worth the price. It also builds trust. When you're clear and you pre present logical reasons why a product or service is the best choice for people, it helps them build trust with you. And it's particularly important. Like when times are tough, consumers are more skeptical. Uh, they're more cautious. So, so the more reason why and more clarity you can give them, the better. It will highlight the practical benefits of your product. And this is really, really key. Um, look, most people aren't looking for the features. They're looking for the benefits that can help them. You get really, really clear uh, in, how, in showing how your product or service can help them solve their problems or meet their needs. They will buy from you. You want to differentiate yourself from the competition, a competitive market, you need to stand out. Reason why advertising will help you do that because it will start focusing on those really, really key benefits and people will start to understand. It really does create, um, and I've seen this many times, uh, and it encourages customer loyalty um, by providing clear and logical reasons about your product and service, why it's the best choice, how it can actually help them. And it's important because in a recession, in tough times, you want to retain customers and you want to make them uh, make it really cost effective when acquiring new ones. And look, here's some here's some of the things that that you, you can really do. You know, when you when you sit down uh, and you think, okay, reason why advertising. What I want you to do is understand your customers, research your customers' needs, start talking to your customers, start finding out their pain points. This will help identify the key reasons of why people are buying your product and why more people should buy your product. You'll start identifying these key benefits of your products and services, the key aspects, the unique aspects that set you apart from your competitors. It will actually help you craft a clear message. Um, and you can use that information to create compelling advertising, you know, and, and and provide, I guess, you know, a lot of people at the moment are still using two years, three years ago where things were going great. They're still using the same advertising. 
You need to you need to stop that. You need to start and talk to your customers. Find out really how they're thinking and feeling. That's why I go and talk to talk and do seminars. Engage with people. Go and see my customers. Run um, you know, lunch and learns because I want to engage with my customers and I want to learn. And then you need to test and refine. You know, you need to refine those messages right now. You need to effectively communicate your value proposition and your reason why. And then integrate that. I've probably said it so many times on this podcast, but you know, consistency of message plus frequency of reach to correct relevancy. You know, in recessions, consumers want to know they're making smart decisions. Well, how do you do that? You get consistent with your message. You give them reasons why they should buy from you. Um, you give them offers on why they should buy with, from you. And you give them frequency. You tune up again and again and again. You become more relevant. Because here's the thing, you know, if when you, when you put offer-based advertising and reason why together, you can blend it seamlessly and... This makes you even more, you give people more reasons why they should do business with you. You know, a good example, let's say, uh, let's choose a restaurant because we've used it in this uh, episode before. You know, uh, maybe a restaurant, you, 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 your reason why is you're, you're a farm to table approach. Every dish is made fresh, locally sourced ingredients. Well, you know, that's a reason why for someone to choose you, right? And then you, you make them an offer, a two for one uh, offer on every main course, every Tuesday evening. You know, so, so you're, you're standing out with reasons to come because you're, you know, you're that farm to table approach. Every dish is fresh and locally sourced ingredients. You know, that, that for some people is a really point of difference, right? And then you make them an offer, two for one on every make. Simple, simple, um, you know, reason why and an offer that you can use in your business. I know, you know, like maybe you're a tire company, you know, and you offer um, an advanced cross-tread tire technology that increases the grip and, and reduces braking distances. That's a real reason why you should buy our tires. Purchase a set of tires this week and receive a tire free tire rotation uh, and balancing in services for the, uh, the rest of the year. We offer safer, better, longer-lasting tires. You know, there's a reason to come and buy and there's an offer. Maybe you're a clothing store. You could make, um, you know, sustainability is a big thing when it comes to clothing these days. You know, maybe you could make an Earth Day sales special um, and anyone who buys gets 30% off organic clothing um, this week, you know, and, and and you could give them reasons why when you wear a clothes, you're not just looking good, you're doing good for the environment, what supports the, you know, the, the community supports. This is the key here thing. When you start advertising, you're going to have to be different when markets are tough. You can't do the same old thing. You got to do some thinking about this. You know, you got to think about the reasons why people should do business with you. You got to make them an offer and why they should do business with you. Get them to come in the door. Okay. If you want some help with this, I'd love to help you. You know, like I love this sort of stuff. I love brainstorming this sort of stuff to help businesses um, grow. Right. Rule number nine. One of my favorites as well build joint ventures and partnerships and collaborations. Look, this will help you expand your reach and tap into new customer bases and generate sales through mutually benefit, beneficial relationships. I've done this for so long. Um, and look, you need to look for partnerships where you can add value. And here's a question that you should ask. And you should write this down. And you should ask yourself this question. Who has my ideal customers before, before us and after us? I'll say that again. Who has their ideal customers before us and after us? You know, you want to make sure that that, that list is obviously complementary. 
and non-competitive to your business, but there is gold in that list. You know, you you can go in that list and you can say, hey, let's just say you you know you're an accountant. Like, who has your clients before you and after you? Well, maybe a printing company has your clients before you and after you. So you could do a joint venture with them. You know, maybe a law firm has your clients before you and after you. Maybe the bank has your clients before you and after you. There's so many ideas that you can come up with just by asking that simple question. Who has my ideal customers before us and after us? Um, I love I love asking and brainstorming that question with business owners because a lot of times they think, oh, I'm not sure. But when you start to dig in, uh, you can really build some really competitive uh, JVs. You know, what a good one for us is recently we, we did a joint venture with Tony Jenkins from Harcourt's Homewood. Um, he, you know, we put together the Marketing for Business uh, Live series and he allowed us to use his venue um, and we did a joint venture uh, together to bring people into the room and, and like he did his part, I did my part. It was a great um, partnership together, complementary businesses but not competitive businesses. I wanted to bring successful people into an environment, uh, successful business people into an environment. He has a beautiful um, uh, premises and he, he is success-minded. He likes to deal with success-minded people. It's a great joint venture. So here's some things to consider from my experience when it comes to marketing and business growth, uh, when it comes to creating really good joint ventures. So you want to align your goals, okay? You want to align your goals and values. The first thing is a business owner should consider, you know, when, you, when you're looking at potential partners, align your goals. Myself and Tony have similar goals when it comes to business. We have similar values. We're about adding value first uh, and giving, you know, helping people. You know, this can determine the success of a partnership. If there's conflict in your goals and values, then the past partnership's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to work long term. You know, you, you need, you know, let's just say one company prioritizes sustainability and the other one doesn't. There could be a lot of disagreement. So, you know, you need to have, you need to have everyone on the same page when it comes to that. Yeah, it's more like the financial health of, of, of the business is really important. You know, you don't want to be doing joint ventures with someone who's unstable. So you need to look at that and see the reputation of that company. You know, are they, are they, are they a good partner for your business? Um, and, and what's their reputation like in the community and, and, you know, et cetera. So it's a real key because, you know, a poor, a, a partnership with a company that has a poor reputation can really hurt your reputation. So you want to look to JV with really good, um, partners. Look at the legal implications as well. You know, understanding the structure of a partnership, get really clear on what you're going to do. Sometimes that might be on a handshake, but be very clear. And if you have to document it down. Um, and I've done that in the past when dealing with banks, we're doing joint ventures. We want to document it down. Everyone's clear on what they're going to do, what, you know, what both parties are going to do. And make sure it's a mutual benefit, you know, like make sure there's a mutual benefit in there for everyone. You know, I, I, anything that's one-sided, you're never going to create a partnership long-term. You want to, you want to make sure that you're as a, as a, as a partner, that you're doing your you know, your bit um, to make sure um, you're giving value to that partnership. And anything else, you really want to make sure that, that there's really good communication. Communication is crucial in partnerships. Um, be very clear on the expectations. I, I, have a, I have a saying around unspoken expectations. You have to be very, very clear. Let's walk down the road, 90, six months, 12 months down the track, and let's have that unspoken expectation conversation. Because guess what? When it goes west, that's the thing, that's where you're going to go to. So you want to make sure that you have that in place. And look, 
some partnerships they don't last forever so let's have an extra strategy let's understand if one party wants out of the partnership what does it look like you know uh and and have a have an understanding there look make no mistake you know <laughs> the real key benefits to a business during uh, tough economic times when you create joint ventures you get access to new clients you get access to new customers you know, so partnering with new, with, with complementary businesses gives you access and you should treat that like gold. You should treat that with the respect it deserves. You know, it gives you uh, the ability to maybe even enhance your product offering. A partnership could allow you to to, to provide a, a more comprehe- comprehensive solution to your customers. You know, you know, if you were, maybe you're a software company, you could partner with a cyber firm and make the offering um, more complete and more attractive. It gives you brand enhancement. You know, I know for, for me, uh, I've associated myself with the banks over the years, but also, you know, now with Harcourts, um, they're really good brands to be to be associated with. They have credibility, they have respect in the marketplace, and it looked good, um, you know, for, for attracting customers that you're seeing in those lights. It's also cost effective. You know, you share resources, you share um, projects, you share costs, etc. Um, you bring your skills to the party, they bring their skills to the party. Um, and you have a shared expense. Um, and, and, you know, that's a win-win for everyone. You get a lot of learning and a lot of innovation when it comes to um, um, when it comes to joint ventures. And the cool thing about that is it can spur innovation. Other ideas come out of it. And I mean, Tony, uh, we're talking about other ideas based off what we're doing. Um, and look, you know, long stability, long-term stability is a really, really cool one when it comes to partnerships. They will help you weather economic downturns because you're around like-minded people. You can brainstorm off these people. You can help these people. You can add value to these people, uh, and you can march into the marketplace understanding where you both have skills and strategies, um, to help people win. Hey, look, and it doesn't have to be big deals, right? You could be a coffee shop and you could partner with a bookstore you know you could partner with a bookstore and cross promote each other's business they buy a book they get a coffee you know um you they buy a coffee and you give them a, a, a code to go and buy a book you could host some um some book club events and you could provide the coffee for there's so many different ways you can cut this uh in ad value maybe you're a gym uh and you could you could partner with a with a health food store how cool would that be? You know, a smoothie shop, et cetera. Uh, and you could provide coupons, special promotions to the gym and to their members. It's a real complimentary. Um, so there's, look, there's so many ways you can do this. The list goes on and on and on. And that's another thing. I just love talking about this because it can really help business owners. One thing you just have to do is ask that question. Who has my ideal customers before me and after me? And where are they, you know, and how can we help put a deal together? Remember all the all, all, remember always though, always give value in advance. Your job, my job, as the partner in that is to always give more value. Right, rule number ten: look after your existing customers. This is one of my favorite sayings in business. Small hinges swing big doors. I think I learned this from Mal Embry uh, on the Gold Coast uh, of Australia at a conference. He said, "Small hinges swing big doors," and he talked about it from a business aspect. Uh, and I want to talk to you from a marketing aspect. Look, I, I've learned a lot of things over the years and learned a lot of things from the earthquakes. And one of the big ones was around communication. Uh, and communication is key. Uh, you need to provide communication to people. You need to look after people. Uh, you, and one of the customers, your existing customers, is a group of people that you need to look after during uh, tough economic times. So here's a couple of things that we do. 
We provide educational content. We really step up to help our uh, our clients from an educational perspective. We're actually running uh, lunch and learns. We're running marketing for business live. We're doing the podcast. There's a whole bunch of things that we're doing to educate the marketplace and add value to our existing clients. Um, you know, so you could be doing that. You could be doing webinars. You could be doing articles, guides, whatever to your industry. You could be implementing a loyalty program uh, for your businesses. A number of things we're helping our clients with now is helping them implement loyalty programs, um, and and so so they, their clients can really see the value in in doing business with them. You know, you can offer complimentary services um, without a significant increase in costs. Um, to your business. I remember back in the day when I had my company on page run media, we were doing search engine optimization for clients and one of the complimentary services we started to offer them was free uh, traditional marketing audits and digital marketing was relatively new then, but digital marketing audits. We were auditing their Google ads and all that sort of stuff, just offering them more value, showing, hey, hey, if you're doing this, here's how we can help you here. Uh, you can tailor services as well. There's a great way you can personalize the services to people uh, and really, you know, get more get more involved in helping that client reach their goals and dreams in these tough times. So, you know, really go down and, you know, look, it could be look, a good example. Once again, it's a restaurant. You know you've got regular customers coming in. You know they've got a dietary restriction. Uh, so you might want to go and suggest dishes every time they come in. You know, like there's things that you could do um, to really add value to those people uh, and improve your level of service to your existing customers. Um, and I think it's, you know, making your customers feel valued is really, really important. Um, and it can, you know, stepping that up can really help you get better customer satisfaction as well and loyalty. And I think, here's the thing. I mentioned the earthquakes, but it, it's it's something that you must do in tough times. You've got to, you've got to communicate. You've got to up your communication uh, more regularly and more openly. You know, it's really important. Customers will feel uncertain. Um, the insane uncertainty that you're feeling, right? But you've got to, you've got to, you've got to take the leadership and you've got to regularly communicate about the operations of your business, some of the challenges that are going on, what, what you're doing, how you're helping people. If there are potential issues that could affect your service, be upfront about it, you know? Um, I have a saying that bull's got to be over the other side of the net. You always want to be communicating. It's what I learned from the earthquakes. When people feel they are being communicated to, that's when indifference happens and that's when um, things go things go uh, astray. Uh, it's a good to offer, obviously, um, flexible payment options for people. Look, financial times cause financial stress. You know, if, you're, if you are in the, you have the ability to be flexible with your payment terms, um, then, then do it, right? Um, you create a customer for life. And I know um, I have some customers that are customers for life because of what we've done in tougher economic times. Uh, we've stepped up and, and provided, um, you know, uh, an understanding of where they're at and, and how they can, how we can help them. You want to understand people's challenges. Look, trying to understand the uniqueness of challenges that your clients are facing. And this is about, you know, going and, and having direct conversations. You know, I got a really nice message from one of my clients this week around just saying, hey, thanks for reaching out. I know they, they, they had a technology issue. Um, and he just wanted to say, hey, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for keeping in constant, constant contact about that. You know, because, you know, nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with anything that we're doing, but we're helping as much as we can. Because here's the thing, you want to add value. You want to add more value wherever possible. And this comes with, this is a mindset, right? Um, and, and sometimes you've got to look at, you know, to take the eyes off you and put the eyes back on the client. And, and look, if you can do that, you'll, you'll definitely win when it comes to, um, you know, marketing tough times. Look, and remember, 
in tough economic times, you know, your existing clients are most likely your most valuable asset. If they're saying good things about you, they they hang out with other cool people, right? I know my clients do. Uh, they already know your brand. They trust your services. Um, so focus on how you can help them, how you can strengthen those relationships, how you can even you know, give them more value um, so they come back to you again and again and again. Right, 11, rule number 11, it's technology. You've got to leverage technology. Look, I've got a goal in my business. I want to, I want to save 10 hours per week leveraging technology. Uh, I am constantly looking for ways to save time. I am um, having fun with my team and challenging them to save time. There's a couple of good examples recently on how I've saved time. I use a program, we use a program here called Auto AI. It, it, what it is, it allows you to transcribe notes at a meeting. Um, it'll allow me to transcribe these pod, this podcast. Uh, and in any conversations that I have, it'll allow, it'll transcribe. But you know what I also love it doing? I've set it up so it will go to my meetings. It will go to meetings and it will transcribe the meeting notes for me. It'll actually even go to meetings that I'm not going to be at. Um, so today I've got a really good um, um, transcription and uh, an outline of a whole two and a uh, two hour meeting uh, that was online, and there was a certain part that I wanted to go to. And I got an email and it showed me uh, exactly the part of the video that I can click on by clicking the response that it gave me. And I can go into where that video will start. It's a two-hour presentation. I wanted to watch 20 minutes of it. It sent me an email today. Um, so I've saved time, right? I didn't have to go to the meeting. I'm going to watch that 20-minute um, part that, it's, that it knows I wanted to watch. Uh, and we're away to the races. Another piece of software that we've really started using recently a video editing app. You know, we put a presentation together. Oh, sorry, a, a video together, a sixteen-minute video, and I put a job up on Upwork, which is like a freelancing site for a video editor. It cost me about three hundred New Zealand dollars, but it probably cost me about five hundred and something plus uh, because all the backwards and forwards that I had to go to get this video, uh, I wanted it cut up into different segments. Uh, and while we got there in the end, it probably took more hours than it did. Then one of my younger staff came to me and said, hey, Scott, have you seen this piece of software uh, called Mudchat? And uh, I said, no, I hadn't. She goes, what I'll do is you can put your video up there and it will actually uh, edit that video for you. Uh, and it'll cut it up into sections. And based off the AI, uh, it knows uh, when you're talking, when you're not talking, and what you're talking about and stuff like that. I just thought, no, they can't do it. They can't do it. Put it up into the software and the first go, it wasn't actually that good. Uh, a month later, this software is on fire, and it is so good. I put a 16-minute video up and cut it up for LinkedIn, uh, and it gave me 16 different videos back. Some were 34 seconds, some were a minute 15, some were two minutes, some were 47 seconds, and it was so good. The 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 power of the software and the AI today, uh, the, how exponentially it's learning. It even puts captions on it now. It'll give you all these different formats that you can do in it. Uh, and that's probably going to be saving us not only money, but time per month uh, in doing that is is exponential. So part of our project, we're always looking to save money, always, look at, always looking to save time. Probably time is more important than money, to be fair. Um, so here's some things you want to look at when you're looking at technology. You want to look at the cost effectiveness of it. You know, tough times, small businesses need to make sure that your, your every dollar spent is significant, so your return on investment is is high. So when you look at investing in technology, look at how 
cost effective it is, the tangible benefits for your business. You know, is it improving productivity, reducing costs like that? That software, uh, Munchap is doing that. You know, is it enhancing customer service? You know, if any, every business should be using ChatGPT uh, to provide better customer service. So I've got so many examples of how you could do that in your business. It's not funny. Um, scalability, you should be looking at this as, uh, you know, um, you want to scale in unpredictable times. So technology solutions allow you to do that. Um, so you should be looking at software from that perspective. Customer experience. Can you provide a better customer experience? You know, could you uh, implement a CRM? Could you implement chat on your website? Um, could you implement a customer service um, agent using ChatGPT, etc.? Automation is key as well. What could you automate? What are the software tools that you can automate um, to actually help your business under a few of these? You know, training is a big one. You know, you need to leverage training. You know, small small businesses, you must consider training. We've got a uh, one of our core values is world class training, world class outcomes. We will spend money to train our teams. You know, what are you doing to train your teams using technology? There's so many great platforms out there. Uh, look, training's not a magic bullet, but at the same time, uh, during during tough times, you, you've got to sharpen your sword. Here's some really good tools to, to actually help you. Um, you know, just from four good tools that you should every business should be leveraging. Um, Email software, MailChimp, it's a great little platform. It's been going for years and years. Uh, it was built off another platform, but it's a powerful tool. You know, there's AI in there that can, you know, help you create, send email campaigns, track results, um, automation. They've got triggers and all that sort of stuff set up. That's a tool that could be saving you a lot of time, a lot of money. You know, social media software, we use a, camp, um, a software called Cloud Campaign. It allows us to manage all our, soft, um, our social media platforms in one dashboard. You know, we can we can post, we can track engagement, analyze performance so across various channels at the same time, getting really valuable feedback. Um, that just saves us time. We use a really cool SEO tool called SEM Rush. It's comprehensive. You know, it's a it's a it's a one size tool. It gives us uh, everything that we need when it comes to you know the visibility that we need to get better results for our clients when it comes to searching optimization, keyword research, tracking results. Also use another really good piece of software called Bright Local. Unbelievable bit of software. Uh, CRM and automation. We, you know, we obviously we use Monday um, and in our business so operationally. We also use pro a program called Digital Connect. Uh, and these programs are robust, you know, they the as far as CRMs and marketing and market automation allows us to really save time reaching out to people and helping people and, and you know, getting the best out of. Look, a lot of these tools have free trials too. So go dig in there, use them, and and see how you can grow your business, um, you know, using them, especially in tough times. It's just find a tool that you can leverage. Number number 12, rule number 12, and I've got one more bonus after this, and you would have heard me say this so many times, but you have to know your numbers. Rule number 12 is know your numbers. Look, you got to drill down. You got to know your numbers. And I thought I'd share some real key numbers that businesses need to know and track daily, weekly, monthly when it comes to running your business, running the marketing with your business. These some of these might sound obvious, but I'm going to go through them anyway because they are so important. So number one is sales revenue. You know this sounds really real, like straightforward, right? But you want to know how much money your business is generating from its marketing activities. It's important to track sales revenue daily, weekly. Understand the immediate impact of your marketing efforts. Uh, number two would be your cost of goods sold. You know, what's the cost to produce goods and services that your company sells? It's essential that you know this number so you can calculate your gross profit margin. If you don't know this, get with your accountant. Spend some time. Know these numbers. 
your marketing spend? How much are you spending on your market efforts? You know, you should be able to track this daily to ensure you're not going over budget, but you're also getting a good return on your investment. Loads of people ask us, you know, what should we be spending on marketing? Uh, we like to say as percentage of revenue. So, you know, zero to three percent, you'll probably just lose money to the amount, lose lose clients to the amount of the, that that you'll make, right? Um, basically, the, the founder gets stuff, he's absolutely generating, and, and so you need to spend more than that, basically. Three to six percent is manageable growth. Uh, six to 15 is serious growth. And if you're looking to scale, you should be spending 15 um, percent up to scale your business. Return on ad spend, what we call ROAS, is a great metric um, that really can dial in, especially with your digital advertising campaigns. You can see, you know, um, it, it allows you to evaluate what's working, what's not, and how to improve your future efforts. It's calculated by driving, um, the, you know, dividing the revenue from the ad source by the cost of your ad source. So, for example, if you spent $500 on an advertising campaign, which really is uh, resulted in you know two thousand five hundred revenue. Your ROAS or your return on ad spend would be five dollars, which would mean for every dollar that you put in, you're getting five back. And I don't know about you, but I I do that I do that every day. You know, customer acquisition cost is a beauty. You know, the total cost of your marketing sales to acquire a new customer is calculated by dividing all the costs spent on acquiring more customers. Your marketing spends by the number of customers required in that period as the money was spent. This is a real key one. And when you add it to the next one, which is lifetime value, you know, this is, you're able to predict the net profit contributed to entire future, the, the, the sales of the, that relationship with that customer. You know, when you, when you, I've done a whole thing on, on lifetime value and I'll put the link a whole episode on lifetime value. When you understand the value of knowing that number and then you compare it, uh, lifetime value and, and your customer acquisition, it really helps you understand if you're spending um, too much money or too little money to acquire a customer. Because here's the thing, uh, I learned this real early on in my direct response marketing days, whoever can afford the, to spend the most to acquire a customer wins. Uh, and sometimes businesses are prepared to spend more and, and, and make less to win. And that, that's a danger if you're up against one of those competitors because they understand the value of and those two numbers, customer acquisition cost and lifetime value. So really, really important. Obviously, return on investment, ROI. ROI measures the return of the investment relative to the cost of the investment. In the context of marketing, it helps you understand the efficiencies and the profitability of your marketing campaign. So, so important. Gross margin, probably shouldn't have to explain it, but look, this is calculated as sales revenues minus the cost of goods sold divided by the sales revenue expressed as a, as, as a percentage. It's important to understand your gross margins, uh, especially in tougher economic times. It shows how much profit you're making after accounting for the cost to produce the products and services. You know, and that can be a wee bit hard, you know, like if you own a, a, a company like mine, like the, a lot of it is, is human capital. Um, so you've got to sit down and you've got to roughly work it out. Uh, I think a really important, especially when you're doing stuff online, is you've got to understand your conversion rates. If you've got sales teams, you've got to understand the conversion rates. You know, what's the percentage of potential customers who, you know, have taken the specific action that you want, you know, such as making a purchase or signing up, um, you know, and, and signing a quote, et cetera. Conversion rates can tell you how effective your marketing efforts are at driving your your desired results, and they work. Sometimes sales and marketing have a real love hate relationship. Okay, uh, one of the best things I've ever heard um, in a conversation was creating a growth team, not a sales and marketing team. I thought that was really really good. 
Um, average order value. Understanding the average order value is really, really important for a business and tracking that. You can understand your customers' buying habits, the effectiveness of your marketing, um, and what you could then, you know, how are you bumping up that average order value? Cost per lead is a really, really good one. A lot of businesses look at cost per lead. Um, what you know, what the what is the marketing department spending to acquire a lead and how it's important to understand that. So um, you can reasonably understand your spend to attract new business, and then it can help you actually strategize moving forward your marketing budgets. Couple of couple to finish is you know around cost per click. Um, if you're doing paid for paid advertising, you really want to look at your um, you know your cost per click. What what are people? What are you having to pay to get a click on your ads? Uh, that happens a lot with Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram, TikTok, etc. You want to monitor um, your CPC. Um, so you can manage. There's some other ways you can do that in a better, a better way, but you you really want to look at that. Are your click through rate or your CTR, the percentage of your of of your audience that that sees your ad and then clicks through either to your website or the action you're trying to get them to take. You know the high the click through rate means more engagement, uh, and actually you know you can actually measure that and and try and beat the performance of that. And it's a good sign that your messages and your uh, are, are really resonating with your with your audience, which is so key. And then you want to look at your return rate, you know, for, for when customers are leaving you, you know, what, what is stopping customers doing business with you? And you've got to really understand that. But remember, every business is unique uh, and you need to prioritize different financial numbers, but you must know your numbers. Uh, I might have sound like someone who beats on about this all the time, but look, you really have to do know your numbers. All right, here we go. Here's my bonus rule, bonus rule number 13. It's one of the things I hold dearest to my heart and to, to my soul as an entrepreneur. But right now, uh, and in, in the coming months, because people are telling me things are starting to happen, you must protect your mindset. I have one of my favorite sayings. I say this to myself most mornings. Own your morning, own your day. If you want to succeed in business, and I'm talking to my business owners right now and the people that are in around business owners, whether you're sales, marketing, uh, if you're listening, if you're listening to this far, I want you to own your morning, own your day. You can get out and you've got to have a positive uh, mental outlook on things. It might sound a wee bit cliche, but it's essential. You must keep a positive mental attitude uh, when times are tough. Because here's the thing, when times are tough, they're cyclical. They come and go, okay? And there'll be a period of recovery and your business will get stronger. You just need to focus on owning the morning, owning your day. And some ways you can do that is obviously if you have a positive outlook. You want to stay informed, but you don't need to obsess. You can keep up to date with relevant news and economic forecasts, but you don't need to read the negative headlines. You know, too many people will get involved and go down rabbit holes of negative information, which can lead to excessive, you know, worry and stress. And I want to talk about that in just a second. You need to adapt a growth mindset. Seen a recession, there's opportunities, and I've seen this. I've seen this in the GFC. Uh, I've seen it in the earthquakes. There was there was opportunities, and you need to be focused, and you need to be ready to take those opportunities. You can only do that if you have a growth mindset. There's a really good book by a cool uh, a lady called Carol Dweck called Mindset, and it talks about growth mindsets versus fixed mindset. I would suggest that you probably want to read that book um, to understand how. Uh, what you're doing right now can help your business. Another thing I want you to do is focus on what you can control. Look, there are many factors that we can't control in a recession. You know, the state of our economy, the actions from our competitors. But we've got to we've got to concentrate on what we can influence. 
you know, what we can do inside our business, help our operations, customer service, marketing strategies, and really focus on what you can, can control. And sometimes you have to bring that focus, you know, closer to you. We had a great presentation by uh, Gilbert Anoka, the All Blacks um, Mindset Coach, recently. He talked about where anxiety and worry really comes up. Uh, and it comes up from past, present, and future. And and when you go too far out in the past, you can can really cause yourself anxiety and worry. When you go too far in the future, uh, you can really cause yourself some anxiety and worry. And if you go too uh, far in the present and you start going down those rabbit holes, you can cause yourself some real anxiety and worry. So what you want to do is you want he said you want to shorten up your focus. You know you might have a lot on at the moment. You think God, oh, Scott, there's so many things on your checklist. Well, maybe it's just getting those testimonials uh, from those four questions that I gave you in, in um, part one, and you go through those and you get one testimonial. You shorten your focus to getting one testimonial, and you get that because I tell you what, that's going to make a big difference to your business. Maybe you need you go and shoot that one frequently asked questions video. You shorten your focus. Don't think of the 10 things you've got to do. Shorten your focus. I've just got to do this one thing. I've got to do this one thing today or one thing this week. Really shorten your focus because here's the thing, that will allow you to take control of what you control. Another thing I want you to do is, is seek support. Look, come along to what our, one of our Marketing for Business events, Marketing for Business Live. You know, don't isolate yourself. That's another thing I really, really learned in the earthquakes. Don't isolate yourself. People want to help. You know, join a business group. Get together. Help each other. Um, you know, and that's why we ran the Success Leaves Clues um, business business event. We want to bring successful business business owners together. We want to help each other. We want to help um, pe- people grow and, and be stronger businesses. Because we have stronger businesses, we have stronger communities. And tough economic times too. You also want to set realistic goals. Look, that's crucial that you reassess your goals right now. Make them achievable. Look, making sure you're getting some wins. Make them measurable. Celebrate your victories as well. That's one of my favorite sayings. You'll celebrate your victories. Look for ways you can maintain your you know, morale and motivation within your teams. And you also want to invest in learning. Look, right now, to sharpen your, your business and your mindset, you've got to invest in yourself. Probably one of the key things you can do. You know, invest in yourself. Where, what do you, what do you need to learn right now? What are the skills that you need to go deeper on? Who do you need to go and see? Um, do you need to attend some webinars, read some books, take some online courses? Because I can tell you right now, the the more you can invest in yourself, your personal development, the better your business will be. Uh, you'll enhance your confidence and you'll really grow through these difficult times. I think John Jim Rohn said it best. You know, work harder on yourself. Then you're doing your job. And I think that's that's the gift that you have that you can give yourself right now is with that mindset. All right, guys, this has been um, really good bringing this to these 12 rules plus the bonus one around how to market your business in a recession. Hey, let's hope we don't go into recession. But at the end of the day, I think I've given you enough insights and fundamentals that you can actually take this uh, information and, and really grow your business regardless. Uh, if we don't go into recession, hey, you'll be even better for for um, understanding and learning this information. So I really appreciate you being here. If you've listened so far and you want some help, just reach out to me. Reach out to me via our website at uh, www.getdigitalinfluence.com. I love having chat with business owners. I love helping business owners. I love giving people the confidence. You know, our purpose at Digital Influence, um, you know, it really is simple. It's to educate 
um, influence and inspired growth together. We want to help you grow your business uh, because we understand strong businesses are strong communities. All right, guys, appreciate you. Thank you for sharing the podcast. It means so much to me. Uh, we've recently hit number one uh, for marketing in the uh, Apple uh, podcast. So that's really fantastic. So good to, to celebrate that victory. Um, so please keep sharing uh, and, uh, and much respect and love to you guys. All right, guys, thanks for your time. Have a great day. Hi, Scolson here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, if you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time and have a great day.